This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, it's a mixed bag in May for the Thrift Savings Plan. President Biden picks an Air Force Lieutenant General to lead the Defense Intelligence Agency. And Houston has the World Series champs, and it also leads the nation in dogs, perhaps named Astro, fighting letter carriers. Those stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Friday, June 2nd, 2023. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Peter Masurlian. President Biden picks an Air Force general to lead the military's intelligence branch. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday has the details. Air Force Lieutenant General Jeffrey Cruz has been tapped to be the next director of the Defense Intelligence Agency. Cruz currently serves as military advisor to Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines. If confirmed by the Senate, he'll replace Army Lieutenant General Scott Barrier, who has been DIA's director since July 2020. Cruz has served in a range of assignments over more than 30 years in the Air Force, including as director for intelligence at U.S. Indo-Pacific Command and as commander of the Air Force's 480th Intelligence Surveillance and Reconnaissance Wing. Justin Doubleday, Federal News Network. Postal Service data show employee dog bite incidents are on the decline. Federal News Network's Jory Hackman unleashes the national tally. USPS finds 5,300 employees were attacked by dogs in 2022 while delivering the mail last year. That's about 100 fewer incidents than the year prior. Houston is once again the city with the most USPS dog bites at 57 total cases. The city fell to second place in 2021. Los Angeles and Dallas are also dog bite hotspots. USPS says California was the state with the most USPS employees bit by dogs and accounts for 675 cases. The agency tells households to keep dogs inside the house, away from the door, or on a leash when carriers are on the routes. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. The Defense Department finalized an acquisition regulation to let services and agencies more easily move from prototype to production under other transaction agreements, or OTAs. While this authority existed in law as part of the 2023 Defense Authorization Act, the final rule removes from DOD's acquisition regulations the requirement for the OTA solicitation to specifically include an option for a follow-on production contract. The final rule also clarifies that DOD must still have an OTA agreement in place to award a follow-on production contract. A watchdog report finds the Department of Veterans Affairs system to reimburse veterans traveling for medical appointments is falling short of its goals. In 2020, the VA rolled out its new beneficiary travel self-service system designed to expedite reimbursements and reduce fraud by allowing veterans to submit claims online. But a report from the VA Inspector General's office finds the program did not meet either of those goals. Veterans use the new system for less than half of total claims. The report also indicates that improper payments under the program increased from $70 million in fiscal 2013 to about $123 million in fiscal 2021. An acquisition leader at the Customs and Border Protection Directorate is calling it a career. 
Federal News Network's Jason Miller has the details. Mark Borkowski, the Chief Acquisition Officer and Assistant Commissioner of the Customs and Border Protection Directorate in the Homeland Security Department, is retiring after almost 43 years of federal service. Borkowski's last day is June 30th. In an email to staff obtained by Federal News Network, Borkowski says he's been thinking about retiring for the last several years, but decided now is the right time given what CBP has achieved. Borkowski served 23 years in the Air Force, rising to the rank of colonel before becoming a civilian employee in 2004. He's been with CBP since 2010. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. The White House wants agencies to increase meaningful in-person work, but that'll look different depending on the agency. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more. Most of the work at the Agriculture Department's National Agriculture Statistics Service can be done remotely, but agency leaders say occasional in-person work is still beneficial. Jody McDaniel, an agency director, explains that balance. Maybe two in-person workshops over the course of a year, but most of that other training is actually done in a virtual platform. We're taking a really deliberate approach on when we need to come together and assessing what items require us to meet the needs of our customers. McDaniel says hybrid work has led to lower attrition and higher employee engagement for agency staff. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. The Department of Homeland Security has plans to set up a DHS IT Academy. DHS leaders described the idea in testimony before the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee this week. The academy would create a standard technical orientation for new DHS technology employees, as well as a training and rotation program for entry-level hires. And for existing employees, the academy would offer upskilling opportunities in areas like data science, artificial intelligence, and human-centered design. DHS currently employs about 5,000 IT employees across its components. The Social Security Administration wants to hit the ground running to staff up at field offices, hearing offices, and program centers with thousands more employees. SSA leaders say adding staff is necessary due to a growing number of beneficiaries and high attrition in the past few years. In 2022, SSA hit its lowest level of employees in 25 years, down to just 56,000. But federal unions representing SSA workers say to retain incoming employees, management needs to do much more to address major workforce challenges like poor work-life balance, insufficient pay, high workloads, and limited telework opportunities. The Government Securities Investment G Fund, the Common Stock Index C Fund, and the Small Cap Stock Index S Fund were the only TSP funds with positive returns in May. The S Fund saw the largest positive return at just 0.44%. Despite mostly negative returns, all funds are in the positive for their year-to-date returns. All life cycle funds posted negative returns for May, but remained in the black for their year-to-date and last 12 months of returns. Find these stories and more at federalnewsnetwork.com. For the Federal Newscast of Friday, June 2nd, 2023, I'm Peter Masurlian.